The World Health Organization has named it Omicron and has declared it a variant of concern. The Omicron, Omicron variant was first described in Botswana and subsequently in South Africa. And scientists have also identified cases in countries such as Hong Kong, Australia, Belgium, Italy, the United Kingdom, Germany, Austria, Denmark, and Israel. The early identification of this variant is a result of the excellent work done by our scientists in South Africa, and it's a direct result of the investment that our science and innovation, as well as the health departments, have made in our genomic surveillance capabilities. We are one of the countries in the world that set up a surveillance network throughout the country to help us monitor the behavior of COVID-19. The early detection of this variant and the work that has already gone into understanding its properties and possible effects means that we are better equipped to respond to the variant. We pay tribute to our scientists who are world-renowned and widely respected and have demonstrated that they have a deep knowledge of epidemiology. There are a number of things that we already know about this variant Omicron. As a result of the work our scientists have been doing on genome surveillance. Firstly, we now know that Omicron has far more mutations than any previous variant. Secondly, we know that Omicron is readily detected by the current COVID-19 tests. This means that people who are showing COVID-19 symptoms or have been in contact with someone who is COVID-19 positive should still get tested. Thirdly, we know that this variant is different from other circulating variants and that it is not directly related to the Delta or the Beta variants. Fourthly, we know that the variant is responsible for most of the infections found in Gauteng over the last two weeks and is now showing up in all other provinces in our country. There are still a number of things about the variant that we do not know yet and that our scientists in South Africa and elsewhere in the world are still hard at work to establish. Over the next few days and weeks, as more data becomes available, we will have a better understanding of one, whether Omicron is transmitted more easily between people, and two, whether it increases the risk of reinfection, and three, whether this variant causes more severe disease, and four, how effective the current vaccines are against this variant Omicron. 
The identification of Omicron coincides with a sudden rise in COVID-19 infections. This increase has been centered in Gauteng, although cases are also rising in other provinces. We have seen an average seven days compared to just 500 new daily cases in the previous week and 275 new daily cases the week before that. The proportion of COVID-19 tests that are positive has risen from around 2% to 9% in less than a week. This is extremely sharp of a rise in infections in a short space of time. If cases continue to climb, we can expect to enter a fourth wave of infections within the next few weeks, if not sooner. This should not come as a surprise. Epidemiologists and disease modelers have told us that we should expect a fourth wave in early December. Scientists have also told us to expect the emergence of new variants. There are several concerns about the Omicron variant and we are still not sure exactly how it will behave going forward. However, we already have the tools that we need to protect ourselves against it. We know enough about the variant to know what we need to do to reduce transmission and to protect ourselves against severe disease as well as death. The first, which is the most important, we have a powerful tool called vaccination. Since the first COVID-19 vaccines became available last year, we have seen how vaccines have dramatically reduced severe illness, hospitalization and death in South Africa and indeed across the world. Vaccines do work and vaccines are saving lives. Since we launched our public vaccination program in May, of this year, over 25 million vaccine doses have been administered in South Africa. This is a remarkable achievement. It is, as I once said, by far the most extensive health intervention undertaken in the history of this country in such a short space of time. 41% of the adult population have received at least one vaccine dose and 35.6% of adult South Africans are fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Significantly, 57% of people aged 60 years and older are fully vaccinated and 53% of people aged between 50 and 60 are also fully vaccinated. While this is welcome progress, it is not enough to enable us to reduce infections, to prevent and also to prevent death and to restore our economy. 
Vaccination against COVID-19 is free, as we all know. Tonight, I'd like to call on every person who has not been vaccinated to go to their nearest vaccination station without delay. If there is someone in your family or among your friends who is not vaccinated, I call on you to encourage them to get vaccinated. We still have too many people who are expressing doubt and who are resisting to be vaccinated. This is the time for us to go and get vaccinated. Vaccination is by far the most important way to protect yourself and those around you against the Omicron variant, to reduce the impact of the fourth wave and to help restore the social freedoms we all yearn for. Vaccination is also vital to the return of our economy to full operation, to the resumption of travel and to the recovery of vulnerable sectors like tourism and hospitality. The development of the vaccines we have against COVID-19 has been made possible thanks to the millions of ordinary people who have volunteered to participate in the trials that have been had to advance scientific knowledge for the benefit of humanity. They are the people who have proven that these vaccines are safe and effective. These people are our heroes. They join the ranks of health workers who have been at the forefront of the fight against the pandemic for close on to two years and who continue to care for the sick, who continue to administer vaccines and who continue to save lives. We need to be thinking about the people who have been courageous when we consider getting vaccinated. By getting vaccinated, we are not only protecting ourselves, but we are also reducing the pressure on our healthcare system, on our healthcare workers, and reducing the risks faced by our healthcare workers as well. South Africa, like a number of other countries, is looking at booster vaccines for people who are at greatest risk and for whom a booster may be beneficial. Healthcare workers in the Sisonke trial, many of whom who were vaccinated more than six months ago, are being offered Johnson & Johnson booster doses. Pfizer has filed an application to the South African Health Products Re Regulatory Authority for a third dose to be administered after the two-dose primary series. The Ministerial Advisory Committee on Vaccines has already indicated that it will recommend a staged introduction of boosters commencing with the older population. Other people with immunodeficiency, such as those on cancer treatment, renal dialysis, and on steroids treatment for autoimmune diseases, are allowed booster doses on recommendation of their doctors. As individuals, as companies, and as government, 
we have a responsibility to ensure that all people in this country can work, travel and socialize safely. We have therefore been undertaking engagements with social partners and other stakeholders on introducing measures that can make vaccination a condition for access to workplaces, public events, public transport and public establishments. Now these engagements include discussions that we've been having at uh, the NEDLEC level between government, labor, business and the community constituency where there is already broad agreement on the need for such measures. Government has set up a task team that will undertake broad consultations on making vaccination mandatory for specific activities and locations. That is, to make vaccinations compulsory for certain, certain locations and certain activities. The task team will report to the Interministerial Committee on Vaccination, chaired by the Deputy President, which will make recommendations to Cabinet on a fair and sustainable approach to vaccine mandates. We do realize that the introduction of such a measure is a difficult and complex issue. But if we do not address this seriously and as a matter of urgency, we will continue to be vulnerable as a people to new variants and will continue to suffer new waves of infection. I would like us to consider this matter very seriously. A number of other countries, even in our own country, a number of companies have made vaccinations mandatory. I'd like a consultation to be engaged in, but I do want us to treat it seriously so that we're able to defend our people. The second tool we have to fight the new variant is to continue to wear our face masks whenever we are in public places and in the company of people outside our households. There is now overwhelming evidence that the proper and consistent wearing of a cloth mask or other suitable face covering over both the nose and the mouth is the best way to prevent transmission of the virus from one person to another. The third tool we have to fight the new variant is the cheapest and the most abundant, and that is fresh air. This means that we must try as much as possible to be outdoors when we meet people outside our household. When we are indoors with other people or in cars, in buses, in taxis, we need to keep the windows open to ensure that air can flow freely through the space. Now this is what our scientists, our medical personnel continue to advise and they pass on that advice to us at the National Coronavirus Command Council. 
which is precisely what I'm doing to all of us tonight. The fourth tool we have to fight the new variant is to avoid gatherings, particularly indoor gatherings. Mass gatherings such as major conferences and meetings, especially those that require a large number of people to be in close contact over extended periods, should be changed to virtual formats. End of year parties and these metric year-end raves that young people participate in, as well as other celebrations, should be avoided or postponed. And every person should think twice before attending or organizing such a gathering. Last year, many of our young people attended these metric raves and they were centers of mass infection. Where gatherings do take place, all the necessary COVID protocols must be closely observed. Every additional contact we have increases our risk of becoming infected or infecting someone else. Fellow South Africans, the National Coronavirus Command Council met yesterday to consider the recent rise in infections and the possible impact of Omicron variant. This meeting was followed by meetings earlier today of the President's Coordinating Council, which is attended, as you well know, by our premiers and uh, members of the Coronavirus Council, as well as our Metro Mayors. There was also a cabinet meeting where a decision was taken that the country should remain on coronavirus alert level one for now and that the national state of disaster should remain in place. In taking the decision not to impose further restrictions at this stage, we considered the fact that when we encountered previous waves of infection, vaccines were not widely available and far fewer people were vaccinated. This is no longer the case. Vaccines are now available to anyone aged 12 and above. They are free and they are also available at many sites across the country. We know that they prevent severe disease and hospitalization. We also know that the coronavirus will be with us for the long term. We must therefore find ways of managing the pandemic while limiting disruptions to the economy and ensuring continuity. However, this approach will not be sustainable if we do not increase the vaccination rate, if we do not wear our masks, or if we fail to adhere to the basic health precautions. We should all remember that in terms of alert level one regulations, there is still a curfew in place from 12 midnight to 4 a.m. No more than 750 people may gather indoors and no more than 2,000 people may gather outdoors. Where the venue is too small to accommodate these numbers with appropriate social distancing, then no more than 50% of the capacity of the venue 
may be used. No more than 100 people are permitted at a funeral and night vigils, after funeral gatherings and after tears gatherings are not allowed. The wearing of masks in public places is mandatory and failure to wear a mask when required remains a criminal offense. The sale of alcohol is permitted according to the regular license conditions but may not be sold during curfew hours. We will closely monitor infection rates as well as hospitalization over the coming days and we'll review the situation in another week. We will then need to determine whether the existing measures are adequate or whether changes need to be made to the current regulations. We have started the process of amending our health regulations so that we can review the use of the Disaster Management Act to manage our response to the pandemic with a view to ultimately lifting the national state of disaster. We will also implement our national resurgence plan to ensure that hospitals and other medical facilities are made ready now for the fourth wave. We are focusing on effective clinical governance, contact tracing, and screening effective clinical care, availability of health personnel as well is an important area that we are focusing on. To ensure our facilities are ready, all hospital beds that were available or required during the third wave of COVID-19 are planned and prepared for the fourth wave. We are also working to ensure that oxygen supply is available to all beds earmarked for COVID-19 care. We will continue to be guided by the World Health Organization on international travel, which advises against the closure of borders. Like most other countries, we already have the means to control the importation of variants to other countries. This includes the requirement that travelers produce a vaccination certificate and a negative PCR test taken within 72 hours of travel and that masks are worn for the duration of travel. We are deeply disappointed by the decision of several countries to prohibit travel from a number of Southern African countries, including our own, following the identification of the Omicron variant. This is a clear and completely unjustified departure from the commitment that many of these countries made at the meeting of the G20 countries in Rome last month. When they were there, they pledged that to restart international travel, it should be done in a safe and orderly manner, consistent with the work of relevant international organizations such as the WHO, the International Civil aviation organization and the International Maritime Organization and the OECD. The G20 Rome Declaration noted the plight of the tourism sector in developing countries and made a commitment to support a rapid resilient 
inclusive and sustainable recovery of the tourism sector. Countries that have imposed travel restrictions on our country and some of our Southern African sister countries include the United Kingdom, the United States, the European Union members, Canada, Turkey, Sri Lanka, Oman, the United Arab Emirates, Australia, Japan, Thailand, the Seychelles, Brazil, and Guatemala, among others. Now, these restrictions are completely unjustified and unfairly discriminate against our country and our Southern African sister countries. The prohibition of travel is not informed by science, nor will it be effective in preventing the spread of this variant. The only thing the prohibition on travel will do is to further damage the economies of the affected countries and undermine their ability to respond to and also to recover from the pandemic. We call upon these countries that have imposed travel bans on our country and our other Southern African sister countries to immediately and urgently reverse their decisions and lift the bans they have imposed before any further damage is done on our economies and to the livelihoods of our people. There is no scientific justification whatsoever for keeping these restrictions in place. We know that this virus, like all viruses, does mutate and form new variants. We also know that the likelihood of the emergence of more severe forms of variants is increased significantly where people are not vaccinated. That is why we have joined many countries and organizations and people around the world who have been fighting for equal access to vaccines for everyone. We have said that vaccine inequality not only costs lives and livelihoods in those countries that are denied access, but that it also threatens global efforts to overcome the pandemic. The emergence of the Omicron variant should be a wake-up call to the world that vaccine inequality cannot be allowed to continue. Until everyone is vaccinated, everyone will continue to be at risk. Until everyone is vaccinated, we should expect that more variants will keep on emerging. These variants may well be more transmissible, may cause more severe disease, and may be more resistant to the current vaccines. Instead of prohibiting travel, the rich countries of the world need to support the efforts of developing countries, economies that is, to access and to manufacture enough vaccine doses for their people without delay. Fellow South Africans, the emergence of the Omicron variant and the recent rise in cases have made it clear that we will have to live with this virus for some time to come, as I have been saying. We have the knowledge, we have the experience, and we have the tools to manage this pandemic. To resume many of our daily activities and to rebuild our economy, we have the ability to determine the path our country will take. Every one of us 
needs to get vaccinated. I'm repeating about vaccination because it is the best tool that we have. And I'm also saying to those who are doubtful that vaccines are safe. They've been proven to be so and they save lives. Everyone of us needs to practice the basic health protocols that we've always spoken about, about wearing masks, washing hands and all that. Every one of us needs to take responsibility for our own health and the health of those around us. Every one of us has a role to play. We will not be defeated by this pandemic. And I'd like to say tonight that we should not panic. We have to live with this pandemic. We have already started living with it. We will endure and we will overcome and we will thrive. May God continue to bless our beautiful country and protect her people. Africa. I thank you.